We're going to continue on in our uh, um, Advent series as, uh, as Kurt uh, started us off there with our call to worship and, and we uh, lit the Bethlehem candle. What we need to understand is, is what, we are, um, what we are celebrating. Uh, we are celebrating Advent. Advent is just a, a time of year. It's a season that the church celebrates um, to remember something, actually to remember two some things. First is to remember the first Advent. And then as we are celebrating the first Advent, we're looking forward to the second Advent. Advent just means coming. Uh, so when we're, we're talking about Advent, uh, we're talking about the coming of the Lord. As we, uh, as we lit the, the, the Bethlehem candle today, what we have to understand is that the Bethlehem candle is a symbol of something. It's a symbol of preparation that's being made to receive and cradle the Christ child. So, so think of it when, when um, uh, we, we, we lit this, when we're looking at this candle, where, when we are uh, celebrating this week of Advent, this symbol is that there were preparations made so that the Christ child could be received and cradled uh, there in Bethlehem, received into the world. <clears throat> when, uh, when we're thinking about Advent, and we're thinking about, uh, um, like, like uh, uh, Kurt was just saying about we, that song that we sang, How Many Kings, uh, I love that song as well, you know, How Many Kings Stepped Down From Their Thrones. But when we think about the, uh, Jesus stepping off His throne and stepping into uh, His creation, the humble uh, um, uh, beginning, or I should say the, the, the humble entrance, the entrance of humility here in, in Bethlehem, it was something that God was preparing uh, for, uh, for a long time. Uh, what we understand is that um, the, uh, the preparations that were made, like we talked last week, the preparations that we were, were made started all the way back in the garden. We went to talk about Genesis 3 and how uh, these preparations were, were made since um, sin entered into the world. Sin entered into the world and fractured the relationship between God and man. Therefore, there had to be a, a remedy for it. There had to be a plan of redemption so that God could dwell with his creation. And that's where we have in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the first telling of the gospel, the first telling of the promise. And from that time, God prepared through time and when we have, this, is, this is something we really got to get our, our minds kind of wrapped around with, but because when I say kind of, we're not going to get it fully because God is outside of time and God uses time as a tool. And, and, and as God is using time as a tool, he uses time to prepare for the, the first advent, just as he uses time to prepare for the second advent. Now, when I'm saying all, all of this, something that, that is... Uh, might be ringing in your, your head, it's definitely ringing in my ears, is the, 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 the term that I'm using, prepare, a lot. The, 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 the preparation, the preparing of, when we're talking about the Bethlehem candle, we're talking about the preparation of receiving the, the, the Christ child, what we have to understand is what it, what it really means to, to prepare. Now, I know that we, we are a, an intelligent people. Uh, we can't say much for the people online, but that's all right. Um, I'm just joking. Uh, but, but what we, we understand, I would imagine everybody knows what it means to prepare. 
But like in, in, in my fashion, I love to, to give definitions so we can kind of build off that definition. So when we're talking about preparation and we're talking about uh, to, to prepare, think about to make ready. All right, make ready. If we're talking about preparing in the, the Bethlehem candle is a symbol of those who were, were making preparations. They were making ready for the Christ child uh, to be received. Now, wh- wh- why is that important and why are we going to look and focus really on that, um, that, that verb prepare? Uh, I-, I believe that when we look to something and we focus in on something like this, that we can, we can see things that maybe, we, maybe we, did, we haven't seen before, or maybe we can see things that we've seen before, but we just don't um, uh, readily remember. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we have symbols like this, so we can remember. And when we remember things, especially things in which we are to prepare for, I, I believe that that's going to then uh, uh, going to affect the, the, the rest of our, 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 our actions and our attitudes. Because I, I believe this. If you want to write this down, you can. If not, that's on you. Um, to, to prepare. When we prepare, you are... Uh, uh, preparing uh, or making ready. This has uh, a lot to do with then. Um, it, it affects your attitude and your actions. So, so think about it this way. When you prepare for something, your actions and your attitudes are affected by the object or the objective in which you are focusing on. All right? Let me read that again. When you prepare for something, your actions and your attitude um, or your actions, your attitudes are affected by the object and the objective in which you are focusing on. Think about this. The, the, the Bethlehem candle, pre- the preparation for the Christ child, if, if preparation and preparing for something affects our actions and our attitude, uh, and it's uh, uh, affected by the object in which we're focusing on, every one of you can, can think of an example, or maybe I can give you an example uh, for, for your life, and just to kind of put this into perspective. Um, People that are uh, going to get married, all right, they prepare for their, their, their wedding day, right? So the, the bride is going out and she's getting her dress and uh, the flowers and uh, the caterer and the, uh, what else, the venue. And, uh, and then, I mean, the guy's getting the alcohol and the, whatever, I don't know. But they, Shannon and I, we eloped, so we didn't do, go through all that crazy stuff. But, uh, but anyways, what, what I'm saying is uh, like when, when you are preparing for the wedding, when they're preparing for the wedding, their mind is focused on something. Their actions and their attitude, they, it, all, everything they're doing it, it is affected by that in which they're focusing on. Think about it like this. Maybe it, it, it's a, uh, you, you, there, there's a baby coming. Maybe, okay, husband, wife, they got, you know, man and woman, they got married. Now baby is coming, and in the nine months coming up until up till the baby is born, they are preparing for the baby to be born. So they're buying stuff that they usually they normally wouldn't buy. They're 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 watching stuff, uh, videos or whatever that they they normally wouldn't uh, watch. They're going to different classes because that's you have to have the the classes to to you know, have a baby. Now uh, it's like almost like an instruction manual, right? They're learning how to put a car seat in a freaking car. I mean, I, I, I don't know about, I, 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 I mean, my kids are, are, are old, you know, well old enough now to, that we don't have car seats. 
although I'd like to throw some of them in a car seat sometime. Um, but uh, I remember, car, who, who remembers how difficult it was to put a car seat in the car? Like you thought you had to go down to St. Joe's and confess after you were putting that stinking car seat in there. But anyways, um, so you do things when you, when you are preparing for something, you, your, your actions and your attitude uh, your attitudes are affected by that in which you are preparing for. Uh, we, we have a lot of people, they even have TV shows about this, Doomsday Preppers. You ever, anybody seen it? I haven't seen it because I think they're wacko. If you are a Doomsday Prepper online, not you, you're not wacko. Yes, they are. Um, but no, if, if somebody is preparing for something, their actions and their attitude are all wrapped up in to that in which they are, are, are preparing for. Now, is uh, preparing for something a bad thing? No. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a bad thing. But it, it's understanding that the, the, the preparing itself is not bad. It's the object or the objective in which you're preparing for. Now, I, I say all of that because when we're talking about the advents, and we're talking about the Advent season, re remember what I said last week. And if you don't remember, I'll bring us... I'll refresh your memory, that if we just look at the Advents, and we look at the first coming, we look at the second coming, and if we don't, and I use this term, own our role, or if you don't own your role in the Advents, it's just going to be another religious uh, season that the, that, the, that the church celebrates. The fact of the matter is that we have a role in both Advents. And, and what we have to understand is that the preparation that, that, that goes into um, the Advents, and if we are preparing for Advent, both First Advent and Second Advent, we, it, 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 that, that our preparation is going to uh, affect our attitude and our actions. So when I, when I talk about that and when we, we look at this, we understand that God had a, a plan. And we, and we believe this, that God was preparing a plan all the way from the beginning to redeem his people. And this preparation, it took a long time, right? So how many have you have prayed the prayer, um, God, uh, please grant me, what's that, serenity and grant me blah, 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 grant me patience and do it quick, right? <clears throat> no, God has a time. The Bible says that in the proper time that, that, that Christ died, in the proper time, God laid out his plan uh, to, to happen. And this, the, the, this time, this planning, this preparation that, that took place, what we understand is even though that the nation of Israel didn't get it right in the Old Testament preparing for the first coming, we should be able to learn by what we have now, that our preparation for the second coming is as important, and I would even say is more important than the preparation from the, for the first coming. Not saying the first coming doesn't matter, not saying it wasn't important, but what we have to understand is, is that preparation for Advent, it should change everything in which we, the way in which we live our life now, so what I want to do is before, I mean, if, as I want to continue on with the introduction, I want to jump into Luke chapter 2. Uh, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, look at the first advent, and then we're going to um, go into First Peter and talk about second advent. 
But as we're, we're talking about first advent and then talking about second advent, I want us to, to, to uh, have the, the, the idea and this thought running through our mind about preparation and what it means to make ready for uh, Christ to come, first time and second time. And as you're turning there, the, the big idea is going to pop up here. And I know Mike's going nuts because I keep going back and forth here. Uh, but uh, the big idea here, throw that up there real quick, Mike. Let me get that out of the way. I know you, you tried to, to get me to do that a minute ago. That's good. <clears throat> the big idea is this, as we're going through these texts. Preparing for the second coming of the Lord changes the way you live your life now. All right? So just think about that. Preparing for the second coming of the Lord is going to change the way in which you, li in which you live your life now. We're going to show you an example in, in Luke chapter 2 of someone who did not prepare, some who did, but then some who did not prepare for the, 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 the coming of the Lord and how it affected them and a lot of things, really. But then I want us to, to look at how then, how are we going to prepare ourselves for the second coming so that our lives now can be changed? Because at the end of the day, we, we don't come here on Sunday morning to hear the bald man speak. We come here because we want God to, to do a, a miraculous work um, in our lives, a, a supernatural work in our lives to, for us to be transformed more and more into the image of his son. So that's what we want to, uh, to really focus on. So <clears throat> with no further ado, let me, I didn't even turn there. Luke chapter 2, uh, verse, we're going to start verse 1. And this is going to be a, a very uh, familiar text for, for y'all. <clears throat> uh, some of you will think of Linus. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house in the lineage of David, uh, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, this goes back to that, 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 that portion, you know, think about God being outside of time, using time as a tool to prepare uh, for what it is that he's going to do to, to prepare for the, the, the plan, the execution of, of uh, his plan of redemption. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them. Or I should say no place for them in the end. When we look at this, what we see is that God uses the, 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 this uh, um, major event uh, in, in history to gather people into place so that his plan can be executed. What do I mean? This, the, the, this census that was uh, given, it positioned Mary and Joseph into a place called what? The city called Bethlehem, right? There we go. So it, it positioned them in a place called Bethlehem because before that they weren't in Bethlehem. But why, why is it that, that, that they had to go to Bethlehem? 
Well, here it says because that there was a census, and because of this census, uh, because Joseph was of the, 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 the line, the lineage, the house of David, uh, so that, that's his genealogy, uh, which is important because we know that uh, the Messiah comes out of that, that, that lineage, um, that, that, that because Joseph was of that lineage, he went to that location uh, before the, 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 the roles of the census. So we, we, we see that, that God positions him there, but what we also understand, or we should, or we could understand, is the fact that prophecy, remember last, last week we talked about the prophecies, the promises of God, and how, how Jesus fulfilled 108 of them, um, which is just mind-blowing mathematically. Uh, but when we, what, we, what we understand is there was a prophecy, uh, well, actually multiple prophecies of the Messiah being born in Bethlehem, right? So, so just think about this. God orchestrated all of this. God upset the world, turned the world upside down. He, he put into the, 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 the heart or the mind of, uh, uh, of Caesar here to, all right, I want you to, to make a you know, call, make a roll call, have a census. So it's going to position Mary and Joseph where they, where they need to be so that uh, little baby Jesus can be born in a manger and can be born, I didn't do it, Crystal, see? Can be born in a manger um, in Bethlehem to fulfill that prophecy. I, I, I love how we, we can see the preparations of God in, um, in this story, and there's so many different preparations, but what we can see uh, just on the top is his preparation, positioning them where they need to be. Now, when, I'm, when we're talking about uh, preparing and, and making ready and uh, the, the preparations that were put forth or made for the coming of the Christ child, when we're talking about this, there is someone in this story who was not making preparations that has a huge impact on this story. Can anybody tell me uh, who was not making preparations and has a huge impact on this story? Nope. 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 Come on. Nope. Anybody else? Online, they're yelling it. The innkeeper. Think about it. Just, just think about it for a second. Because it says that they laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. <clears throat> Why do I say that the innkeeper was not making any preparation? I, I say that because he didn't, have a, he didn't have a room available for them. But think about this. If the innkeeper, being a good Jewish man... If he was preparing for the fulfillment of the prophecies, and this is what we, we, we get uh, mixed up on in, in, uh, a little bit. We, we, we look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and we, we, we chastise them for not seeing Jesus for, for who he is. And they should be, because Jesus is the Messiah. And they should have listened. But it's understandable, because it, over a, a, a period of, um, you know, 1,500, 1,000 years, the, these prophecies were, were coming over and over and over again. Again, So it was uh, being passed down from family to family, but never being fulfilled and never being fulfilled. And as it's not being fulfilled, the, it, it kind of just loses its, it, it, its power. Now, when I say it's losing its power, God's promises never lose its, their power. But I think that in our um, acting upon those promises, that's what loses its power. Because what, what happens is, and, and, and we've all been here uh, one time or another, that we've seen 
or we've heard, or we've even received, okay, God promises this, but we don't see it happen. And the longer it doesn't happen, the, 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 the scale on our, uh, you know, our, our hope in that promise happening kind of just starts to, to wane a little bit more, a little bit more. Why is it going a little more? Because we want it done on our, uh, on our time. Because, oh, you know, it's got to happen in, in this moment and in this way. And this is, this is how it's going to uh, really be effective. And, and this is, the promise is going to be fulfilled like this. Well, that's how we think. But God, what he does in his, his own fashion here is over this period of time, he fulfills a promise of the Messiah coming in a way in which no one, no one would have thought of. And, and you look at this innkeeper here, and we can't fault him that much, although we could a little because he kind of jacks the whole story up. But anyways, <clears throat> we wouldn't have little baby Jesus that is eight pounds, six ounces, gold fleece diapers in manger, right? If there was a room in the inn. But if, if the innkeeper was preparing and he, he was thinking uh, ahead of time and he was faithful to his scripture and, and he was preparing for the Messiah, oh, the Messiah is going to come, the Messiah is going to come, and I know the Messiah is supposed to be, built, or to be born in Bethlehem and I got to be ready, I got to be ready, I got to be ready. Oh my goodness, there's a census. What, what's the chances of this happening? And, you know, <clears throat> he, he's going through all of these. And if he was preparing, for the Messiah to come, he would have been ready when, when, when Joseph, hey, is there any room in there? My, my wife's about to have, have, have a baby. Is there any room? And, and, the, and the innkeeper would have been like, yes, we're ready. But really, what would have happened? No, we got one left and we're waiting for the Messiah to come. Right? That, that would probably be it. So that, that would probably be, and sometimes what we, we do is we get into to that, that, that same, that, that, that moment, like I'm preparing, I'm preparing, I'm preparing, and then God answers what it is that you're preparing for, and you're like, oh, no, wait a second, I'm waiting on God. And God's like, wait a second, I'm here. What do we do? We overlook what it is that God is doing because we think it's going to be so much grander, so much more, uh, let, let's just use the word magical. I'm, when, when God works in my life, I'm going to get, as Chuckles calls them, the glory bumps. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just get a swift kick in the butt. Right? Anybody? Wayne? Yeah? Yeah? <clears throat> but what we have to understand is that the, the, the preparation that would have went into this, if the innkeeper was preparing, he would have been ready uh, for the, 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 this moment. But hey, he wasn't. So we have the story of away in the manger. No room for his head, right? Bed? No way, no room for his bed. Yeah. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. Yes, bed, then head. <clears throat> but if we wouldn't have that, if, if, the, if the innkeeper was ready. Now, I, why do I say all of that? I say all of that because I think that in that, in the lack of preparation that the innkeeper had, we can see a story and we can see something that, that we can apply to ourselves. That, that, that we can take, all right, um, I, I'm identifying that in this story, the innkeeper wasn't prepared for the Messiah to come. What can I learn? I don't want to be the innkeeper when the Messiah comes the second time. I don't want to be unprepared to receive Christ when he comes the second time. 
well, it's going to be a whole lot different. It's going to be, the sky's going to open up like you said last week. Yes, I understand that. But when the sky opens up and you're like, oh crap, maybe I got to do this. All right, forgive me, Jesus, as you're coming. You can see me. That's me waving. Hello. Uh, forgive me, right? No, that's too late. What we have to do is we have to understand that there's preparations that have to be made for the receiving of Christ. It's not the Christ child now. It's the Christ champion. He's coming on the horse. As he is coming, there are, we have to understand that there are preparations in which we are to make so that we can receive him. Now, with that, First uh, John Chapter 2, verse 28. I'm going to be there real quick, and then we're going to go to uh, um, 1 Peter 1. See, I came prepared this week. Last week, I got a little hoarse, and I didn't have anything to get me wet my throat. All right, so the preparations and what, what, which we need to make. Um, it says here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears... This is that when the sky splits open and Jesus is coming back, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. So why is preparing for Jesus, Jesus' second coming important? So that when he does come back, we're not going to say, oops, I'm not ready yet. Or oops, you know, God, get, well, hold on a second. Give me, give me a little bit more time. Let me get my things in order so I can come with you. I've been too much of the innkeeper. I've got a lot of guests in my inn right now, and I don't have any room for you. Let me make room for you for you to, to, to come in. No, no, no. That's, that, that's not the, the, the attitude or the, the um, approach in which we should have. We should be able to say, remember, what's our question that we're, we're, we're answering this whole, uh, the, the, this whole series? Three words. Are you ready? <clears throat> if, if we are preparing... And if we are prepared, when, when the question is asked, are you ready, we can say yes. It's the same thing if you are asked, are you prepared? Are you prepared? Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready for the second coming? Are you ready for the Lord to, to open up the sky and to, to, to come on the, the white horse with the army with him? I, I, I've gotten the pushback in the past like this because I've asked that question when, when talking about this topic. Uh, because, you know, every year we talk about, uh, um, you know, through Advent and the, the candles and the preparation and everything. Uh, the, the question which I'm asked is, well, you, you talk about being prepared for the second coming. Isn't being prepared for uh, the, the second coming just uh, knowing who Jesus is? Isn't it just a, a, a once and done uh, situation or a once and done event? that takes place in your life where you go from being uh, uh, in the, the, the domain of darkness to, to the, the, the kingdom of the sun or going from death to life. Isn't it just a one-time event to, to make you prepared for the coming of the Lord? <clears throat> when asked that question, I say, yes, but. You love those questions, right? Whenever a preacher, because that's most of the time what a preacher usually says. Yes, but. Well, it is. This is a yes, but. It's actually a yes and a no. Because yes, it is you are prepared in the sense that you have uh, been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. You are now saved. You are going to heaven. But for, uh, for salvation, yes. But for sanctification, no. Sanctification is that ongoing process that we're, we're being transformed more and more into the image of the sun. 
So what we, we have to understand is this, is it being, isn't being prepared a one-and-done occasion. It is for security. But for sanctification, this is what, what John is talking about here, is that those who are going to... Uh, this is not talking about uh, uh, um, unbelievers. This is talking about believers who aren't living the way in which they should. John is talking here that, that when, when the, the skies open, he's saying that we need to abide in him. And, and I love when Kurt, months ago, it might even been last year, it's been a while, uh, talked about what it means to abide using John 15, what it means to abide in the Lord. But <clears throat> here it says that we are to abide in him so that when he appears, that, that we, his children, have confidence, and we're not like, oh, crap, he caught me. We are to have confidence in his second coming so we can say, all right, I'm ready. Come, Lord Jesus, come quick. You know, I'm here. I have confidence. We don't shrink back. We don't, we don't look at the day of the Lord as a day in which there's going to be great judgment and I'm going to be chastised. No, we look at the day of the Lord as what we should as believers in Christ, as a day of great joy. He's coming. I'm, no longer are we going to be plagued with the, the, the coronavirus, or no longer are we going to be plagued with, with death or pain or suffering or tears. There are going to be no more. That's what we need to be ready for. That's that, 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 that preparation that we are to be ready for. Now, when we talk about that, I think that it's important that we uh, hit on the, the head or press into the, the fact that the preparation is going to take effort on our part, right? It's not just going to be, all right, I'm a Christian, and it's just going to automatically happen. This preparation, preparing for the, the, the second coming is going to take effort on our part. If not, we're going to end up like the innkeeper. Just like that innkeeper was, was probably a, a good Jewish man who probably went to, uh, you know, the, 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 the worshipped like he should and sacrificed and everything. But, you know, it, his, his just being religious or his just being a, 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 a Jew did not make him aware of when the, 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 the Christ child was there. He wasn't putting that effort into, like, I want to see Jesus. When the sky opens up, I want to make sure that I'm prepared for that. So that's where we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Because I believe in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter is talking to a people that is in exile. He's talking to a people that is waiting for Christ to come. A people that ha has seen persecution. A people that, that has uh, been oppressed. And he's writing to them. Oh my goodness, it's 10 o'clock already. Whew. All right, let's just go in. Let me go. Let's go in because I've got four points I want to make in 10 minutes. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. We're going to look at 13 through 21. And remember our, our, big idea, our big idea, preparing for the second coming of the Lord changes the way in which you live your life now. We need to be, be changing the way in which we live our life now, waiting for Christ to come. Therefore, preparing your minds for action 
and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is that, when, when Peter is writing this, he's writing to uh, the churches and he's writing to this people that's being exiled or has been exiled. He's writing to a people who is waiting for the second coming of the Lord. And as they are waiting, as we are, waiting for the second coming of the Lord, he's saying there's action in which needs to take place. He says, preparing your mind for action. I love that. Um, it, it really, in the, what it really is saying there in the, in the original is, is a phrase we don't use a lot, um, is gird up your loins. Gird up your loins. What, what, what that means is, is tuck your skirt in and get ready for battle. Literally, that's what, that's what that means. It's get ready because there's something going to happen here. It's to put oneself into a state of readiness. Of, uh, and it says preparing your mind. So gird up your, the loins of your mind. Get ready for strenuous thinking. Or ready the mind. So he's saying there's an action that needs to take place. Because, the, because Jesus is coming again, we need to pre be preparing ourselves for that. Then he says uh, be sober-minded. This is that, that understanding of being self-controlled. Get yourself together. As you're being sober-minded, get yourself together. It's the, whatever the, the, the unreasonable controlling influences that, that are in your life, you need to get rid of that. and You, you need to gather yourself. It's somebody like shaking you. Get yourself together, man. Right? It's get yourself together. Be, be prepared. Be sober-minded. And then it says, set your hope. So prepare your minds. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This hope is that be confident. Be confident in what is going to happen. Be expectant of the future. Your life now should reflect what it is that you believe is going to happen then. Too often what we have is a bunch of Christians that say, yeah, I believe that Jesus I believe Jesus died for my sins, but we live so much in fear because we're living in, and maybe this is just my perception, we, 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 those are, they're living in fear. They're, they're remembering the first advent, but they're forgetting about the second. They're thinking about little baby Jesus in the manger, and they're forgetting about the, 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 the commander of the army of the Lord in the second that, that, that our, our, our actions or uh, uh, their actions are, are, are uh, um, uh, resembling the first, but not, not the second. What we have to understand is as we are preparing for the second, our actions, our attitudes will be affected. That's what's going to change the way in which we live our lives now. We are to live a life that is, that is full. Jesus says, I've come to give life and life abundantly. How we have life abundantly is what we set our hope in, what our, our, our face is set towards. If our face is set towards the, 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 the past, then we're going to let the past dictate what, what, what we do in the present. But if we, our face is set towards the future and the coming uh, of the, uh, the second coming of, of Christ, then our our, our present is going, to be, is going to be determined, going to be affected by that future event. And what, 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 uh, what he's saying here is as we're preparing our minds and we're, we're, we're setting our hope, he says set it fully, not, not, just, not just a little bit. We, we, we have a, a, a saying that, that uh, we use 
when I say we, I'm just saying people in general, that like people like to sit on the fence, right? I'm half in, I'm half out, I'm half in, I'm half out. All I can say is, man, fences give you splinters. And they, they should be uncomfortable. We should never be sitting on the fence when it comes to our, uh, our approach to uh, who it is that we believe in. Our, our approach to faith should never be a, I'm going to be a little bit in, a little bit out. Because what happens when we're a little bit in and when we're a little bit out, we're just causing pain and suffering for ourselves and those, everyone around us. Because we're not setting our hope fully on, on the grace that will be brought to us. When? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. What do we mean by grace? That's the genuine, generous goodwill of God towards us. That generous goodwill of God. What, 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 do, what do we mean? We're not going to really fully understand what that means until that sky opens up and he comes back. Some of us, we might be already dead. And then what's going to happen is he's going to come back and all of a sudden, we're going to be alive again. How's that? How's that? I mean, how, how, how's that for a forward thinking? Like, you can't do anything to me that's going to affect me for eternity. Because what's going to happen, the worst thing you can do to me is kill me. And if I die, guess what? I, my faith, my trust is in him. And if I die, one day, I'm going to live again. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to live with him. That's the hope in which we should have. That, that's the, 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 uh, um, uh, the, the life-changing way in which should uh, propel us to, to, uh, uh, um, to, should propel us to a life that, that is different. Do we want to be different? Yeah, I think we should want to be different. Here, the, the, the Apostle Peter here is saying, if we're preparing our minds for action, being sober-minded, if we set our hope that's on uh, Christ to come at the revelation of Christ. And he all said easy. I'm not going to go into my four points. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing those away. Yeah, so I'm, I'm finishing up with this. We're just going to get into 13 here. But that revelation of Christ, that, that, that is the, the same um, idea of when we get the word apocalypse, that's the same Greek word that's being used there. When, when, when Paul, or I'm sorry, when Peter is saying that the revelation of Jesus Christ, he's saying at the end times, when that sky opens up, if we are prepared by, by our minds being prepared, being sober-minded, but our hearts also being prepared because our hearts, our, our hope has been set on Him. What's, what we're going to do is we're going to be able to receive, we're going to be able to receive the gift which he has promised us. Now, if, if, if we are not changed by that, I think that we need to ask ourselves a question, am I ready? Because the are you ready part of this is do I... Am I prepared for that to take place? Am I prepared for the sky to open up and to, for Christ to come back now so that, like the Bethlehem candle, that, that symbol, so that I can receive him? Or am I going to be like those in 1 John saying, oh, I'm not ready, I'm going to run, I'm going to cower in shame? No one can answer that question for you. Everybody has to answer that question for themselves. But what we can do is we can have a, a, an assurance of the hope in which we have. 
the assurance that, that, that God said he's going to come. And, and because God said he's going to come, my life can be different by preparing myself, by making myself ready for that day. That's what Advent is, is really all about. If we're owning our role, our role in this, in the second Advent, is preparing ourselves for him to come. Are you ready? Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for the day. God, we, again, we, we just thank you for um, who you are, what you're doing. Uh, God, I, I, we know that there's a bunch uh, of our family that's not here today. God, they're, they're joining us online, um, and uh, I, I pray uh, a blessing upon them. And uh, if they're, they're sick, a uh, healing upon uh, them, not by my power, God, by your power. But God, I, I pray a, um, a peace upon them knowing that, uh, I, that they would love to be here, but they just can't. I mean, God, and, and I don't want to restless in, the, in their soul uh, that, that the enemy places in there. What, what I want is um, uh, them to be able to receive your word as is delivered uh, so that their, their hearts can be uh, changed. God, so our lives, our, our actions, and our attitudes can be changed um, by what it is that we're setting our, our hope on, what it is that we're preparing for. God, as we all have things going on in our lives, as we sit here today and we know that, that um, you know, we have things going on, sniffles and, you know, the, uh, colds and what, whatever, knees hurt, backs hurt, you know, family problems, work problems, whatever it is, God, we know that you're bigger than all of it. And God, as we were saying earlier, that uh, the waves and wind still know your name. God, we know that all of our ailments, all of our problems, all of our cares, all of our anxieties, God, that we cast them and we can cast them at your feet because you care for us. And God, I, I pray as we have and we are in this tough season right now as a church, as we're not the only ones, as every church is around, we're, we're facing some hard times with all of this stuff that's happening. God, my prayer is that we don't lose focus on you. God, the, the, the most important thing that we can hold on to and the, the most important thing that, 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 that we can protect and, and, and uh, um, ensure, help ensure is our spiritual health. God, we, we need to, to uh, uh, just focus on what you're doing, and we, we need to, to, to hear your words, and we need uh, just to, to, to see the importance of that spiritual health so that when our physical health is better, that we are more uh, impactful for you. God, we love you, and again, we, we, we pray that um, your peace just... Uh, just pours over us all. Lord, as we do prepare for your second coming, Lord, my prayer is that, that, that we are persistent in that preparation. And as we do this, Lord, we get, God, I, I just pray that you get all the glory. Father, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Y'all have a good week.